Well, good morning. That's a good way to start the day, isn't it? <laughs> um, happy Father's Day to you guys. Welcome to Northridge. Uh, glad to have you guys here today on this Father's Day. Uh, so as uh, most of you know, I think uh, we got a little bit different thing, and, uh, and there's like double me up here today. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, that's pretty awesome. We're pretty excited. So uh, so before we kind of get into this, uh, I just want to kind of introduce you guys to uh, Brad Davison. And so uh, I, I could go through a lot of the accolades. And, and let me just tell you this, okay? I already know he's awesome, all right? But uh, we were singing, and he, he, I thought he can do everything, but he literally can't because he can sing too. Like standing next That's to him, I'm serious. Like, so, so actually, we're gonna cancel the the interview, and we're gonna just have you sing and dance for us, if that's cool. Uh, uh, we we the like original to plan. <laughs> I wasn't for that. we like to flow with the spirit here. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but we are glad to, uh, glad to have Brad Davison uh, with us uh, and everything. And if you, uh, most of you know this, but uh, so Brad Davison came in uh, as part of the UW basketball team uh, this last season. And because of a lot of things that happened, some of which we'll probably talk about today uh, in the interview, uh, but really, Brad really stepped up, uh, and of course, he was ready to step up, but he stepped up and really took the leadership role uh, this last season and has continued to do that, and he has some great ideas going forward that we're going to talk about today. Uh, But I just want you to know that this is, there's two reasons we have him here. One, yeah, we, he's visible. There's a lot of cool things that we know that he can do and all that stuff on the court and also off the court. But I want you guys to know that the reason he's here really ultimately, and this is why Brad is here, he would say this, uh, is because he has faith in Christ. And, and he loves Jesus and he wants to follow Jesus with the best, everything that's in him that we talk about here at Northridge all the time. And, uh, and so I'm just excited to be able to, you know, to, to kind of interview him and we get to hear from Brad and, and all that kind of stuff. So let's give him a Northridge welcome. Would you do that? Help me out. So Brad, uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, so uh, if you didn't know, Brad was here in the same spot basically last night. Uh, and so he's kind of just done the whole weekend for us. So he's as gracious as it gets. Um, but we're glad to have him here. So he did a youth event last night. We had a bunch of youth here last night and a youth band, all kind of stuff. And, and Brad did a phenomenal job sharing his testimony. Um, so Brad, uh, we're going to jump in here real quick. So uh, let's just kind of start light. Um, and I know we've talked about various things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to put you through ringer if we can. This is Northridge. That's what we like to do. <laughs> Um, so, so just kind of start lighthearted. Tell us a little bit, like, man, where you come from, where you grew up. A lot of people maybe don't even know where you're from. So kind of where you're from, you know, some of the things that you got into, maybe even a funny story from kid life, whatever you want. But just kind of tell us where, uh, what, what growing up was like. So I'm from Maple Grove, Minnesota. So I did cross the border. Please don't hold that against me. Um, I'm happy where I'm at now. Um, but I grew up in Maple Grove, went to high school in Maple Grove. Um, I have two older sisters. They were my role models growing up. They're still today. They're my two best friends, um, Stephanie and Angie. So they actually both played basketball at Northern Iowa. Um, and now Steph is living in Pittsburgh. She's a chaplain at the University of Pittsburgh. And she's married to LJ Fort, who's a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm a, by default, kind of a Steelers fan. Um, eh, I don't know. I don't know. We about may have that. to change another schedule. I don't schedule. know if I can tell you guys who my favorite team is yet. Maybe later in the show but um and then 
Angie um, is still living at home, and she just got her first fifth grade teaching job. And then she's a um, assistant basketball coach for a high school team as well. And then both my parents played in college at Minnesota Duluth, um, and then they coached just growing up. So it's a much, very much a basketball family. Um, I played basketball, baseball, football, golf. I tried to do everything I could when I was younger. Um, and to go along with that, I was also in choir in high school. That might have go with some of the singing. I think he made some of that up. My throat's, um, throat's a little, I'm losing my voice a little bit because it's, we're in the middle of camp season at Madison right now. So I've been trying to instruct and handle a bunch of third through sixth grade boys, which has been a handful to say the least. So give me some slack if my voice gives out every that's once serious. in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Brad. No, that's awesome. Um, so uh, it kind of turned a corner there a little bit. So you kind of told us a little bit where, where, where you're from. But now tell us a little bit about um, just kind of what it was like growing up um, as far as faith, spiritual background, all kind of stuff. And then, and then take us into what led you to that point to give your life to Christ. Because you, you kind of talked about that when we talked. Uh, just, just tell us a little bit about how that came about and, and how that made a difference from maybe even the life where uh, we're just being good people to this is a difference. This is, this is a, there's a power there. So. Yeah, so I kind of touched on this last night um, in the youth event. Uh, but so growing up, my family was just kind of always labeled as good people. Like, we just did the right things. We had strong values. But we went to church every Sunday when it was convenient. Uh, when there's traveling basketball tournaments, it's usually championship Sundays. So usually, hopefully, you're busy on Sunday. So we weren't able to go all the time. Um, but we were kind of just good people. But it was faith, well, faith wasn't really the foundation of that. It was just kind of who we were. Um, and the faith aspect of my family kind of showed up in my sisters. And when they left for college, we kind of stopped going because my sisters, they were playing at Northern Iowa, so my parents every weekend would go to follow them wherever they were, and I was home alone. So that's when I decided um, just trying to start going to church by myself. And I went to the, it's called Church of the Open Door. And I'd kind of just sit in the front left by myself, just kind of away from everything. Um, and so kind of getting back into the church realm of things. And then also, talked about last night, but I went on service trips when I was in high school. Um, that one of my football coaches organized. And so one thing I struggled with in high school was identity. It's something that I talked about last night, but I was always known as Brad the basketball player, Brad the quarterback, or Brad the student. And I always struggled with that because I kind of let my identity sit in that. So if I had a good game, I, would, I, was, I was ready to go to school because I was going to be the man at school. I was like, let's go. But if I didn't play well or we lost, I really didn't want to go because I would let that affect my attitude and how I carried myself in school. Um, and so I tried to, that was my identity. It was in sports or it was in other material things. And then, apologize. Um, but then on the service trip, I kind of, this is what I touched on last night, is I, we went to Jamaica my sophomore year. And we spent four days in schools and two days in an orphanage. And the amount of love that was in the schools and orphanage by the kids, I could tell the story last night, but you show up and they cry because they're so happy to see you. And you leave, and they cry because they're so sad to see you go. And I remember leaving, and there was a kid on my left shoe, a kid on my right shoe, a kid on my left shoulder, right shoulder. Now he can't be there. I couldn't have people on my shoulders anymore. But, and I, they don't want you to leave. And it was a type of love that I've never felt before. And I, I'm really close-knit with my family. But like I, I made the joke last night, but Thanks. my mom, when I leave, she doesn't cry when I leave. Like, I hope she hasn't been crying this whole time. That would be... <laughs> That'd be a little rough on her. Um, but that type of love is something that I never really felt before. Um, and so what kind of that trip made me realize is that I wasn't Brad the basketball player or Brad the football player because those kids had no idea who I was 
or what accolades I had or what I've done in my life. All they knew is that they knew me for who I was, which is exactly who God knows us for. And so with that, it was a love that was really relatable, the only thing I could relate to the love that God lavishes on us, like in John chapter 3, verse 1 that we just had up on the screen. Like That's a type of love that I never felt before, but it's because I never really opened it and allowed it to be in my life. So that's kind of when I realized that I was a child of God and that my identity wasn't found in sports or other material things. That's good, isn't it? And, uh, and that's, that's a message, Brad, thank you, that so many people need to hear because we find our identity in so many other things, don't we? And, and, uh, and that's just, this is kind of one of those things. And so I uh, know I hear you there. Um, so kind of uh, take a, a little bit of a turn because I want to come back to the, what you just said. But I'm going to take a little bit of a turn off of that for a minute, and then we'll come back to it, all right? And we'll get into shoulder and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, tell me, tell me why you kind of, what made you get into sports? What, what was so exciting about that? And why did you kind of fall onto basketball more than anything else? Was there, is there a story why that happened? Like, here you are, you're highly visible in the basketball world. So, what, you know, how did that happen, I guess? Unpack that for us. Um, so growing up, like I said, my sisters were my... That's who I wanted to be. They were my role models. And they played every sports growing up. So when I was younger, my, coach, my parents actually coached my sisters. So I was at every game. I, was, I wore their jerseys at every game. I wore a whistle around my neck. I carried a clipboard. Like that was, it, was, it was real deal when I was four or five years old. I was, I was all sold in on that. Um, and so I kind of just fell in love with the game at a very young age. And it was kind of a family thing. Uh, but as I got older... I just love the competitive aspect of all the sports. So I tried to play everything I could, um, basketball, baseball, football, and then I ended up having to stop playing baseball because of summer basketball. Summer basketball at that level can get pretty, um, pretty intense, so I was traveling a lot. So I just stopped playing baseball. Um, but I just fell in love with it because I was always around it growing up, and my parents always just stressed, do what you love, and that was what I loved. So um, I loved football, I loved basketball, so it actually became a pretty hard decision when I was a junior, senior, of what sport I wanted to play in college. Um, but I also went with basketball just because the amount of time I'd put in since a young age, I didn't really start taking football seriously until I was about a sophomore in high school. Um, so I really, liked, I really liked being able to go to the gym and kind of work out by myself and be able to improve my game. So that's why I went with basketball. Good to know. Now you know when you see him play. You know, kind of the the backstory there. So that's awesome. Um, Still miss football though every day. <laughs> Kills me. I hear. It. Well, when you played like every sport, you're gonna miss some of those, and, and it's oh. all good. <laughs> um, all right. So so Brad, uh, I know when you and I talked, uh, this was this was kind of something that I think took me by surprise was when you started sharing uh, with me a little bit about your shoulder and all that kind of stuff. Now. Um, so uh, I think a lot of us in here would know what happened, but my guess is not everybody does. So I think two parts of this question. One, uh, just tell us what happened at the beginning of the season and then what that led to the rest of the season. But then, um, so the, the physical things that happened. But then tell us about what that did to you this season. I mean, you know, what you shared with me yeah. I think is really powerful. Um, so just kind of talk about how you got through that. So kind of what happened first, and then kind of tell us, tell us how you got through that. For sure. So I'd actually never had any injury. Even playing all those sports, I was never really hurt that bad. I've never had to leave a game early, never missed a practice, never missed a game. And so fourth game of the year this year against Baylor, I tried to get a steal in an area I probably shouldn't have. And 
it was like a high-low pass. I tried to put my arm up to get a steal, and it got brought back. Um, and so I dislocated, fully dislocated my shoulder into my chest. Um, and I, when it first happened, I was kind of like, my first thought process was like, all right, let's pop it back in. Because I, I don't for some reason it just clicked. It was, all right, like dislocated. But then all my teammates were like coming over to help me up and then just like ran away because they like looked at me and I was like, all right, thanks guys. I'll just sit here then. It's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about me. Great, um, great team. Great team. Yeah, we were really close, guys. Um, no, but then, so what ended up happening is I, <coughs> excuse me, popped it back in and came back and played um, and finished the game and whatnot. But then I ended up leaving the game in a sling and left the game in a sling, and I had two ice packs on my shoulder. Um, and I was kind of the last one out of the locker room, and I remember walking to the bus, and I wrote this a little bit in my, my article I wrote, um, but I remember seeing myself in the mirror. And it, it, my, I'm a very emotional person, and I don't show it all the time, but in that moment, the emotions just hit me, because I, I saw myself that I wasn't invincible for the first time in my life. I was like, wow, I am broken. <laughs> I am literally broken, literally. <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, and so kind of what led from that is it ended up popping out in eight, different, eight more games that year, um, last season, and one more practice. And so it kind of goes, so everyone saw that, but kind of the behind-the-scenes thing is I wasn't really able or allowed to practice throughout the year, so I wore that brace all year, but during practices I'd have it super tight, so I really wasn't capable of using my left hand very much. Um, so for practice, I'd do that. And then when we did shooting, I'd get to loosen it up and shoot. <laughs> so I really didn't practice all year very often. And then it was an hour and a half before every practice, I had to do rehab. And an hour after practice, I had to ice and do more rehab. Um, and I left probably over half of our games in slings just so that the next day I would be able to move it and be able to, to do normal stuff. Um, so there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that really I struggled with um, physically. But honestly, the mental battle was a lot more than the physical battle um, because kind of as the season went, and you guys kind of all know how our season went with injuries and or dealt a rough hand. Um, <laughs> but as we went, I kind of got into a mental rut is what I call it. And it got to a point where I wasn't even enjoying playing basketball anymore. It was more I was just trying to get through practice so I'd be able to be kind of healthy for the game. And then I get to the game, and it was, well, I know I can't play the way I want to play, so let's just do everything I can and try to get through so then maybe I can have a good next game. I was in this mental rut where it was, we still had two and a half months left in the season, and so I knew that I was just going to, all right, I get, I get to struggle for this two and a half months, and then I, I already have my surgery scheduled for the day after our last game, so then I'm going to have three months of doing nothing. And I was like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't see that light at the end of the tunnel, and it, was, it killed me inside because I'm someone that... I, I'm driven by goals, I'm driven by that kind of stuff, and I just wanted to go get it, but I knew I was so limited in this sense. Um, and so that mental rut really got to me. Um, and it wasn't until having conversations with my sisters, um, a couple of my coaches, and then also my pastor, Pastor Matt Metzger, um, where I realized, like, what's done is done. Like, my story was already written. Like, this was supposed to happen. Nothing happens without having reason behind it. And so what, what, I kind of, what got me through it was really in that, like, what is wrong? I'm, living, I'm playing basketball at my dream school where I've always wanted to go. I still have the ability to play. Honestly, the thing that was holding me back more than my physical limitations was mentally I was so scared of hurting myself that why wasn't I just going to play? Mm -hmm. So kind of flipping that switch and trying to, like, kind of what I related to David and Goliath when I talked to you guys is everyone has their own Goliath. Everyone has their own struggle. And so my Goliath this year was my shoulder. 
And so a quote that my dad, it's kind of fitting that it's Father's Day, a quote that my dad shared with me is that the Lord wouldn't put a Goliath in front of you if he didn't see the David inside of you. So the way that I kind of look at it now is that Goliath, that struggle, was an opportunity to grow. And it was an opportunity for me to grow physically, mentally, and most of all spiritually. Because I know that I couldn't have... People ask me how I got through that surgery, how I played with that hurt shoulder, how I did that, and I really don't know what to tell them. Like, I was... I, I, I don't know, like, it just wouldn't hurt sometimes, and I'd go, and I'd make some shots, and I don't know what to tell them, but deep down, or not even deep down anymore, but on the surface, like, I know, like, that was Jesus working inside of me. I couldn't do that by myself. Just like David couldn't defeat Goliath by himself, my stone, my shoulder, I couldn't have done that by himself, so I know that that was Jesus working inside of me to get me through that. It's, and, uh, and I don't know if, uh, when he was sharing some of that with me, uh, you know, I mean, you just think about like the hour and a half before and then practice and then the hour after and then, you know, uh, and how that just grinds you down. And uh, and we'll talk about this in uh, a little bit more. But, um, you know, we need to remember that there's a power behind us. Right. That is greater than anything that anybody could ever know. And other than just through the relationship with God. And so, Brad, I thank you for sharing that. That's something that I think caught me by surprise is. Of course we know, okay, your shoulder dislocates, it hurts, right? Like, we get that, and it's hard to play. But then the struggle behind that is what, um, what a lot of people, we, we may not even, you know, think about all that often. So, um, so uh, turn the corner again here a little bit. I've read quite a few articles and seen a couple of videos. So you mentioned one of the trips that you went on. But one of the quotes that it mentioned in there, uh, and I don't know that you said this, but it said it in the video, uh, and, and this is basically what it said. It says, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others, right? Uh, and, and giving yourself to others. Kind of like, and, and right away I think of, you know, Matthew 20, 28. Jesus says, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And Mark 9, I think he says, you know, really, I, I came to serve others. Um, and so talk to me. You know, just tell us a little bit, unpack that, why those trips, obviously those trips have meant a lot to you, and you mentioned about the kids and, and the love and all that stuff, but why is it important for you personally, whether, you know, how it's tied to your faith, to serve others and give your life, um, you know, for others? I feel like that's our duty, that's why we're here, that's what we're called to do, um, in a sense, and I don't think giving or losing yourself in the service of others, I think a lot of people think that's like money or monetary, but I think the biggest thing you can give is your time. And that's one thing I've learned in college, especially having to go through all that rehab, is time is so valuable. Because I still have to do homework, and that, that's a different story. But um, time is so... You don't so, want to get into that. Yeah, we, so we could talk about that. Never. <laughs> or later. Um, but time is the most valuable thing you can give. Um, and when it says you can find yourself when you lose yourself in the service of others, is I always think the best times that I have, like my best memories, is when I lose track of time and when I'm just fully present in the moment. I think so many times when I'm in Madison or back home, I just, I'm looking ahead. You know, right now, we have workouts Monday. That's what I'm looking at. Like, I'm so excited to get back with my team. But when I'm on these trips, or again, for me, this is like fishing. Like fishing, like I'm present. I'm focused on my jigging. But these, these trips, you are fully present in the moment. And your eight-hour day with those kids goes by like this because you, you don't care what time it is. You're just fully enjoying their time. And they're f 
fully enjoying the time that you're spending with them. Mm. You could give them gifts, you could give them whatever you want, but they would much rather just have you give them a hug mm. or give them a smile or run around and play tag with them. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing with that quote that resonates with me, that was kind of the, the mantra behind That was our quote for the trip. For the so trip. that was a, I didn't come up with that quote. <laughs> um, I can't take credit for that one. Um, but that was the reasoning behind it is don't worry about, it was lose yourself, don't worry about your agenda, don't worry. It's kind of John 3.30. So I got everyone on my team this bracelet. It's John 3.30, he greater than I. And so what it says is he must become greater, I must become less. And so what that means is, or I guess to me, is that your purpose or your agenda or the story that you have written for yourself is less than what he has for you. It's less than the purpose he has for you. And so when you lose track of your own time, and you're just on God's time, you have the ability to find yourself, even though you might have lose yourself along the way. Isn't that good? <laughs> Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And just he, he needs to become more. We need to become less. I love that. Um, and, I, and I had no idea. I'm learning all kinds of things, too, by the way, this week. I learned a lot, and, it's, and I'm so excited about it. Um, so... Uh, Brad, you were sharing with me, and, and uh, I knew I was going to throw some other things that we didn't necessarily talk about, although we talked about this kind of in, in, in transit uh, as we were getting back and forth to the various things. Um, so talk to me about this. Uh, I, I would ask you this question, and I hadn't planned on doing it actually today, but, but I want to throw it out there. Um, you were talking about some things that, that you're excited about for this season. Um, so tell me just a little bit about that. Because uh, your answer was definitely different than what I would have thought, uh, to be honest. But in a, in a good way. In a good way. Not like, uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah, but we're in, in trouble. A, yeah, right, right. No, in a good way. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't ask this question. That would be, be bad. That would be dumb of me. But, no, I, I, I thought your answer was phenomenal. And, and it points to who you are as a person. And, uh, and I think that's important. So uh, share what you're excited about going into the season. Yeah. Um, looking forward to next year. The biggest thing I'm <clears throat> focusing on is relationships, um, just because we have everyone back. So we have everyone back from injury. We have everyone back who has transfers can play. Ethan's coming back, which is great, my guy. Um, but also in the same sense, I'm focusing on relationships. And we kind of had this thing called for the culture. It's kind of our mantra for this year. And there's a lot of things behind that, but mainly it's we have a very close locker room where we really like each other, and we spend a lot of time in the gym and in the locker room and in the weight room. But then kind of when you leave, like what happens? And so the idea behind it this year is when you leave the locker room, you're still a unit. So actually last year we kind of all lived in our own places and kind of lived by our, on our own in different apartments. But so this year I made, well, I strongly suggested that my, uh, my whole team's living in the same apartment. So we're actually all living in the same apartment complex. And then there's a couple other things we have planned, but whether it's, it's just being together. And so I'm actually starting, this week I'm starting a Bible study with my team, not necessarily for religious purposes, because everyone's in different walks in their life, and I'm, I don't want to force anybody into that. It's more just inviting them if they want to come, to come, great. But it's, it's just creating an environment where you can have talks. Because we talked about this yesterday, but if you're going to, there's, a, there's a relationships, and then there's relationships that go to a different level. And those relationships are when you're able to, be vulnerable and, and be, the word you use is real. And I think there's a lot of time, we talked about this, especially men, like that's, that's not always cool. But in the same sense, if you really want to dig deep and become and have great friendships and relationships that go beyond the basketball court or just beyond surface level, you kind of need to set those environments and have, be able to have those conversations. Um, so that's what I'm most 
most excited for. And like I said, the John 3.30, he must become um, greater, I must become less. That's kind of the idea behind the Bible study, um, is that even though, even outside of religious purposes, but we can all share a common purpose. So whether that's, uh, in the sense, so it's like, his purpose is greater than my purpose, the team's greater, purpose is greater than my own purpose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? So like, the idea is, no matter what happens with you, like it's about the team, but at the same time, the team is one because for the culture, being together, if we want to focus on relationships, we're all one at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. And this is, uh, this is one of those things where, you know, I mentioned with Brad and just kind of taking on that leadership role. Uh, he's just really done that, and, uh, and I'm just excited to see what's going to happen this year, too, with you guys, and, uh, and that's just awesome. Um, so uh, just, just a couple more things. Uh, this is kind of a lighthearted one. Uh, just, and I thought I'd just throw this out there because I'm curious about it. I'm sure some of you are. Some of you are like, I don't care, but deal with it. You'll be fine. Um, and uh, to make so, it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so tell me, like, okay, in basketball season, uh, minus shoulder injury maybe, but I mean, this last season was a little different for you. But in basketball season, what does a schedule, what does a typical schedule look like for you? It's got to be pretty intense. Just kind of what does a, a typical schedule look like for you? Is this pre or post shoulder? <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go post shoulder because that's what it's been for me. About the last eight months. Um, so, depending on who what your class schedule is, I'll just do my class schedule. But I'm, I'm a morning person, and I, I have to get up and do something. Otherwise, I really feel guilty throughout the day. So, I get up and I shoot, or I, I do, I have a sh- shooting routine that I do. So, I get up about six, and I do my shooting routine. Um, and then I shower, get breakfast, and I go to class. Okay. Um, and I usually, I had class from about nine to noon, um, whether it's depending on what day it is. And then we have practice at 1.30, but I'd have to get there as soon as I get to class, out of class, because I'd have to do rehab before practice. Um, but so the way practice works is you lift for an hour, you have film for an hour, you practice for two hours. So that one to, it's been a while, that <laughs> two, to, two to six period is basketball practice and weights and film. And then after practice, um, I usually get some extra shots up with one of my coaches or another one of my players. So that'd be about 6.30. And then I'd have to ice and do all that with my shoulder. Um, and that would be about an hour and a half to eight. And then still, when you're logging a lot of minutes, you got to take care of your other parts of your body as well. So it would be ice bath, cold bath. Um, so that would be about till about 8.30. Um, go get dinner, be back, and that would be, I'd probably get home around 9 o'clock. And then, and then you start the whole homework thing. Homework. So. <laughs> so the days get pretty long. So it was easy. No problem. Like, it's, yeah. it's all a joy. There, there's not much. Yeah, I got it. Got it. <laughs> all right. Well, I was, again, I was just curious about, you know, kind of what that looks like. It's pretty crazy. Um, so you, you kind of you mentioned this um, uh, earlier on, but I want to go back to that. Uh, you mentioned that your dad said this, that, uh, and, and I kind of want to really, really wrap, the, wrap up with this. You said, you know, God wouldn't put a Goliath in front of you unless he saw the David in you. I think that's powerful. It's huge. Um, So talk to me about what that means (coughs) to you on a personal level. You mentioned your shoulder, but you kind of talked about perspective and identity and kind of share that. You also mentioned, I think, like a a letter from your sister and and some of those things. Um, But just kind of talk to me about that. And then uh, I want you to, we don't have to do it here this morning, but mention what you did last night 
with the uh, with uh, with Peyton actually in the youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to do it here, but okay. but talk to us about what you did there, and you kind of you can kind of weave that into it. But just talk to me about what that what that means. I'll wrap up with that. Yeah. So another thing my dad always says to me is it started in basketball, and he'd always say trust your shot. So I didn't have any like basketball trainers growing up or anything like that. It was just my dad and I, and it was our bonding time. Um, and he always said, trust your shot. And so in basketball, it's just the gist behind it is you put the time in, you know what you're doing, just trust it. Don't think about it, just trust it. And so then as I kind of went through life, my dad would end up just saying, like, trust yourself or yeah. trust, trust your values, trust who you are, trust your foundation. And my foundation, as I grew up, I kind of talked about my identity, but now I find my identity in Christ kind of intertwine what we did yesterday is so like I said we've been it's been teen little kids camp and one of my my I wasn't there Monday because my mom was running an FCA basketball camp so I was at home helping her so I didn't get to draft my team <laughs> but so they gave me the, the team I understand the I pain came, I get I, it. I got the 0-2 team to start with I was like all right well we'll see what we can do we ended up one and eight so we did get a win we snuck one out um but what ended Miracle up, status. Miracles right? happen, yeah. Um, but what ended up happening is one of my, there's like a loose ball, and one of my players was running for it, and he like stepped on the ball and slipped and fell, and I was like, you can't balance on a basketball. And like I just, I was like trying to be funny. And then I thought about it, and it was right before I came here to speak, and I was like, well, I could use a pretty good analogy because of that. So I actually have it there if you want me to do it, but the, what I, I brought one of the kids up yesterday, and I had them try to balance on a basketball. And so his name was Peyton. Peyton tried to, yeah, you, Peyton, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what happened when you tried to balance on the basketball? Yeah, he fell pretty quickly. Um, almost hurt himself. Almost hurt himself, but <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, what's the idea was, is if you try to balance on basketball, it's like putting your identity in basketball, or whether it's whatever material thing you want to put your identity in. But when you balance on it, if you lose a game or if you have a bad game, you're going to slip and fall. Or if you, if you get injured, <laughs> if you get injured, you're going to slip and fall and fall on your shoulder. Like, I would have, I would have been done. <laughs> so it's that foundation is not built to be stood on. That foundation of a basketball or whatever it is that you're standing on is not built for you to balance your life on it. Your, your life isn't supposed to be balanced on those material things. So then, after you bounce on the basketball, I let him step on my Bible. I let him stand on my Bible. And he stood up straight because that foundation is built like rock. There's a parable that says you built it on rock. And that's a sturdy foundation. So when you, maybe if you lose, if there's illness, a death, an injury. And now to illustrate this, I was kind of pushing him. Like when the storms of life hit you, you can still stay straight because your identity and your foundation won't slip. Because that foundation has already been done for you. Jesus already died for you. God already rose him from the dead. And you're saved if you believe that. And so that'll never change. If you lose, if you get injured, if you have a bad day, have a good day, no matter the circumstances, you will always be firm and strong in your faith. And that's the other thing I talked about. People always talk about having strong faith. And I think no matter the circumstances or the storms you're going through in life, you still remain sturdy and firm on your foundation, which is in Christ. Isn't that good? <laughs> it's really good. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So Brad, again, uh, thank you. Uh, I, uh, how I want to wrap up is um, we have a gift for you, uh, and so thank you for being here. Um, but before I let you go, I want to say a couple words, and then and then I want to pray for you. All right, but uh, I'll give you a gift. So uh, we have this, and. Um, you know, uh, we had two services, so we're going to have to do this again. <laughs> so you're going to have yes. to, so you have to give it back to us, and then we'll do it. No, whatever. Anyway, so there's a gift for you, a couple of Northridge things. We've got a hat and a cup in there that, that have Northridge Thank stuff on it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so I just wanted to share uh, something real quick with you. Uh, Brad's going to hang out here, uh, up here with us for a second, uh, and then you guys will get to meet him in uh, a little bit after we, uh, we have one final song. Uh, but, uh, what I was, when I was talking with Brad and as we were talking about and thinking about where we were going to go, uh, on this, on this particular Sunday for Father's Day, uh, one of the scriptures that came up to me, and especially when he was sharing about his shoulder, which again, blew me away of, uh, you know, the struggle behind the struggle, the physical struggle was obvious, but the struggle behind the struggle and how his faith got him through that. And, uh, this, this is the, the scripture that came to mind, Philippians 4, 13, Right. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, now this verse, right, this is basically what Brad has been talking about pretty much this whole morning is the, the consistency and the steadiness and the perspective of seeing your life through Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Your foundation is God's word, right? This is, this is what this is talking about. But we, we, do the, we put this up in pictures and we frame it. We're like, yeah. But we don't always think about the verse that comes right before this. Did you, do you know the verse that comes right before this? Let me read it to you. This is, this is what comes right before it. This is verse 12. This is Paul writing. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, dislocated shoulder or not. <laughs> right? Yeah, keep that one in. Yeah, keep that one, right? Yeah, keep that one there. No matter what you face, no matter what you face, no matter what your identity is and it's trying to be, our identity needs to be in Christ. Our foundation needs to be God's word. Because if you're standing on a basketball, if you're standing on a football, if you're standing on knitting, <laughs> I don't know if you do that. If you're standing on your, your intellect, your academics, how many degrees you get, if you're standing on how good your kids are, right? It may not be basketballs for most of us, but we have things that we're standing on that will not hold us up. Our foundation needs to be in Christ. And Brad, thank you for reminding us of that, you know, this morning. So uh, let's give him one more hand. Uh, it's awesome. We really appreciate you being here. So what I uh, thought we'd do before we'd, uh, we kind of do this, and the band's going to come up here in just a minute. You guys can go ahead and come up when we, uh, when we pray. But uh, I want to just pray for Brad, all right? So would you join me in prayer? So I know I'm going to be saying the words, but you guys join me in prayer for Brad. Would you do that? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for uh, Brad uh, Davison here and his life. I thank you for the young man that you have made him to be. I thank you for the fact that his identity is in you, Jesus, that it's solidly in you, that it's not standing on basketballs, it's not standing on anything else, it's standing on your word, and that his life is a reflection of that. I thank you for the fact that he is a child of God. God, I want to pray very, very bold and audaciously. 
I pray that as a result of Brad's life and his influence and his words and his actions, not only on the court but off the court, I pray that people would come to Christ and they would come to know you because of him. Because they, they're, they're open to it, but they need somebody to kind of help them see what it looks like. I pray that you would help Brad to lead the people in that way, that you give him clarity, that you give him wisdom, that you give him courage and boldness to, to follow after you. And then the people would just jump in and be excited about following and knowing you, Jesus, because they see how passionate Brad is about it. I pray that Brad would just be able to change the lives of the people around him. Teammates, anybody he just bumps into randomly, Waiters, waitresses, where he eats. Doesn't matter, God. Anything that you lead him to, I pray that he would boldly step into that. And God, I do pray that you would just uh, give him great success on the court and off, and that you would just be with him. You would be his Lord, his Savior, his rock, his foundation. And we look forward to seeing what you're going to do in his life and through his life. We pray this all in your name, the greatest name that there is, the name of Jesus. Amen.